Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. It doesn't feel right. It feels weird. But y'all know me. I'm not, the, I'm not super funny. And tonight, I, I, I'm not even going to try extra hard. I want to just get right to the word because I think God wants to do something special in the next couple minutes. So I want to talk to you about something that if you look throughout generations, this is what's caused revival. This is what's caused freedom. This is what's caused generations to walk away from what put generations before them into bondage and into captivity. And this is the thing that I think many in this generation experience in moments but they haven't learned how to sustain and and this thing is very simple it would be called spiritual hunger and I think a lot of people have had desires for God that go extremely hard and then when it's a different moment maybe the summertime and right after conference we're extremely on fire and we are we're hungry for a move of God But then we hit the school year, and with work and sports and distractions, things start to taper down because of other priorities. And I believe that tonight, if we could understand the importance of spiritual hunger, it would change everything about us. And I had this crazy thought about one of the simplest verses, one of the verses that if you ever went to Sunday school, you probably heard this one. And it's very simple, it's this, it's John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I started to think about how crazy this is, that God would send his son because he desires you. Because what's love? Love is desire, love is an appetite, love is a hunger for somebody else. And God so loved you, not just your parent, not just your grandma that's always in church. God so loved you that he sent his son, Jesus. And I started to think about how crazy this is because God didn't send his son, Jesus, for you just to be around the things that you're around. But in fact, scripture teaches this, that when you come to Christ, you're now in Christ, but Christ is in you. I was like, thinking about this is a crazy thought. That God loved you so much, he sent his son to die so that he could live in you. I started thinking about my own life. And I started to realize, you know, I'm not that special. And I'm not a doom and gloom preacher. I'm not here to tell you you're bad or you're nothing. But if you were to think about where you are, I live in Horseheads, New York, bro. I, I went to school in Big Flats, New York. It is nothing special. It's nothing crazy. I started to think about how crazy this is that God sent his son Jesus from heaven, roads of gold. Nothing wrong. Probably got like 83 degrees, maybe like 40% humidity sounds good. No rain, no thunder, no lightning, no clouds. It's perfect. Everything about heaven is perfect. Every day. And God wanted to leave heaven to live in me. I was thinking about, man, like, If I were to think about my life compared to heaven, I'm just like a single wide trailer. But God, he said, but if that, he said, I think I'm more than the box on the side of the street. But here's the crazy thing is God so desired you, you that he left heaven 
and he wanted to live in you? He so desired you that he wanted to leave heaven to live in you? That he had such a hunger for relationship that he was willing to leave perfection and move into your mess? Willing to leave perfection and move into something that might have been smaller, might have been dirty, might have been messed up, but move into it. Why? Because he loves you. And you didn't have to clean it up first. You didn't have to clean it up yourself. He moved in, cleaned it up, and upgraded it day one. And I started to think about how powerful this thought is. That if God desired me that much, why would I ever be a person that doesn't at least in one small level try to reciprocate that kind of love? And I started to think about, if God loves me like that, how much do I really love God? And I don't want this to be convicting. I want to end this with, with, with being inspiring. But I read this a couple years ago, and this part is definitely convicting. This guy named Wilbur Reese. You know he's old. His name's Wilbur. He said, I would like to buy $3 worth of God. I'm like, bro, what? $3 worth of God. But he explained it. He said, not enough to explode my soul or to disturb my sleep but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of him to make me love a man who I hate. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack, please. I would like to buy $3 worth of God. And I think that this is the level of many people's spiritual hunger is they want an encounter, but they don't want a life transformation. They want heaven, but they don't want life change. They want God to show up in their bad problems and in their scary situation, but they don't want to seek God on their own. They want to show up to church, and they want the roof to blow off, and they want the speakers to shake, and they want everybody to fall on their knees, but they don't want to do it in the shower. They want enough to get to heaven, but not enough to keep them up spending time with God. They want enough of God to feel good about their eternity, but not to love the one they hate. And I think we got to get to a place where I want more than $3 worth of God. I want more than just heaven. I want Jesus. And I want all of Jesus, and I want relationship with Jesus, and I want genuine relationship with Jesus. And I'm not going to stop with a little bit of Jesus. I want all of Jesus. And I'm going to get all of Jesus that he has to offer. And this is the thing about hunger, is you can have as much as you want. When you talk about the things of God, it is an all-you-can-eat buffet. God wants to give as much as you're willing to take. God wants to, to pour out. He wants to share. He wants to have relationship with you as much as you're willing to have relationship with him. I started to think about this amazing story in Luke chapter 7 with a woman named Mary. And what happened with Mary is Jesus got invited to a party. And Jesus went to this party and he was sitting at this table with these religious leaders with some church folk. And maybe you don't know yet, but sometimes church folk are the worst folk. And that's not going to be you. But he was sitting with some church folk. He was sitting with some religious leaders. And a non-religious woman came in behind the dinner place. 
And scripture says she had what was called an alabaster box full of this perfume that was worth one year's wage. And this woman took this alabaster box and came up behind Jesus. And they didn't sit in chairs like this. They'd sit on their knees with their feet behind them. And she broke open this alabaster box. She broke open this year's worth of salary. It was a lot of money. And she started to wash the hair of Jesus. She started to wash the feet of Jesus. You say, well, what does this have to do with spiritual appetite? This has everything to do with spiritual appetite. Because the religious people got mad. And we'll pick up in verse 39. And it says, when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, the religious man, he saw this. He said, if this guy was really a prophet, he'd know that what kind of woman was touching him. Because she was a hooker before she got Jesus. He said, she's just sitting like legit she was a hooker. And Jesus answered his thoughts. Ready? You know how crazy that would be? You're sitting and you're thinking something and Jesus looks you dead in your eyes and he answers your question in your head. He said, Simon. I have something to say to you. (laughs) When Jesus stops and says, I got something to say to you, that'll shake you. I got something to say to you. He said, all right, go ahead, teacher. I would too. You read my thoughts and you got something to say about it? Go ahead. And Jesus told him a story. He said, a man loaned money to two people, 500 to one, 50 to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave both of them, canceling their debts. Who would you suppose loved the man more after that? And Simon answered, I suppose the one who he canceled the larger debt for. And that's right, said Jesus. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But she washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. He said, you didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I came in, she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she anointed my feet with a rare perfume. I started to think about this. The religious people had no hunger for Jesus. They got common with Jesus. And this month, I want to talk to you about being uncommon. Because I think a lot of church folk, they they treat the presence of God, they treat the reality of God like a common thing. They don't treat God like he's a special thing. They don't treat the the relationship with Jesus like it's a precious thing. They treat him like it's common. See, it was common in that day when somebody came to your house as a guest that you'd wash their feet because they wore sandals in the desert. It was common to greet them with a brotherly kiss on the cheek like they would do in Europe these days. It was common to anoint their head with oil, to clean them up and to make sure bugs wouldn't come and to make sure that they they were comfortable. But they were so common with Jesus that they didn't even do the common things anymore. Let me ask you this. How common have you gotten with Jesus? How common have you gotten about your Bible reading, about your prayer time, about your faith, about your walk with God? But Mary was uncommon. Jesus said while they neglected all the normal things, she went above and beyond. See, religious people, they do just barely enough. 
They know enough to get around Jesus, but they don't even do the common things for Jesus. You want to know what happens to the religious people? They end up not coming around anymore. They end up walking away. They end up bitter against God. But I I don't want that to be. I want you to be uncommon. I want you to have an uncommon relationship with Jesus. See, she did the uncommon thing. She did it with tears. She did it with oil. She did it with something that cost her a great cost. I think a lot of times we don't have spiritual hunger because we don't need to have humility. Because it took humility to walk and to break that box and to start to cry and weep because of the great things that God has done to her. And I think at times we lose humility because we forgot what Jesus did for us. Man, what did God God do for you? What did God save you from? What did God set you free from? What did God do in your life, your mom's life, your dad's life? What did God do in your life? And why are you so common towards God? How could we be common towards somebody who who did the supernatural? How could we stop desiring somebody who literally shook heavens and earth on your behalf so that you could be saved and set free? See, when you do uncommon things because you have a different type of hunger, because you got a different type of attitude, a different type of hunger than everybody else does, you get a different result than everybody else does. They forgot what God was doing. They forgot who they were sitting with. And they treated Jesus common. But you know what spiritual hunger did? It remained humble. It remembered what God had done in the first place. And it broke her to the place of pouring her life out to Jesus. A year's salary. One year's salary. Some of y'all might not understand the magnitude of this right now. Some of you might, might, might be babysitting. Some of you might be working 20, 25 hours a week. And that's decent money. Especially right now, I got like seven twenty-five when I was when I was working. People are getting like fourteen, fifteen. You're getting some decent money. But here's the reality: a lot of people have got common towards an uncommon God. And what's crazy is the disciples, the Pharisees, they were more concerned about the the perfume than anything else. I started to think about it. You know what a lot of people are more concerned about? They're more concerned, did they sing my favorite song? They're more concerned about the things that don't really matter. They're more concerned about, well, did Jesus go out of his way to speak to me today? They're more concerned about, well, I didn't feel it at church. They're more concerned about, well, so-and-so didn't talk to me. They must not like me. They're more concerned about someone gossiping. They're more concerned about every other thing. But here's what I found about people that are spiritually hungry. They will break the thing that other people are concerned on to, to, to actually give it as an offering to the one that matters. Think about it like this. A lot of people, what they do is they're just looking for the big prize. They're looking for the good thing. They're looking for what will what they think will satisfy them. They were looking a year's worth of salary. That's a lot of money. That's rare. They were looking at the gift, but she was looking at the giver of the gift. And she took what everybody else wanted. And she said, God, this is actually for you. She took what everybody else desired. And she said, God, this is yours. But see, there's something about what you behold in terms of hunger. Let's say it like this. Ready? This is funny. I was talking to Pastor Tim about this the other day, and I saw a video about it this morning. I was like, dang, I got to bring this up. 
What you behold is what you'll become. This is wild. Really think about this. What you behold is what you become. You know, I was picking on Jake earlier. I was like, he was just an angry gamer until he gave his life to Jesus. And he was. You know what Jake beheld before he came to Jesus? Call of Duty. And that kid became Call of Duty. He was up all the time. He did not go to bed. He lived, breathed, slept, sometimes ate Call of Duty. That's all that kid thought about. And being angry. And not wanting to be at church. Because he couldn't play Call of Duty at church. But man, how many people have you seen, they start to behold anger because what somebody else did to them and they, and they just become angry. They start to behold rejection because they got rejected by multiple people and, and that's all they start to live is, is a life of rejection. They start to live a life where they behold money and only all they think about is money. They don't care about people. They don't care about relationships. They just care about their money. What you behold is what you become. And if you want to have a spiritual hunger, if you want to live an uncommon life, if you want to have an uncommon relationship with God, if you want what he really has for you, it starts with this. You can't just believe. You've got to behold. Because if you believe but you don't behold, eventually you'll not believe anymore because you'll start to hold on to something else. Something else will get your attention that, that's more than God. And this is why I say a lot of people in this generation, their spiritual hunger, it, it ebbs and waves. It flows with the feeling of the moment. It flows with how priorities go. It flows by what's trying to tug on our attention. But hunger makes different decisions. You know, you choose to behold what you desire most. It's a decision to behold whatever you want to behold. But what you hold on to, what you look at, that desire will grow. That thing will grow. It won't stay small. It'll grow and grow and grow. And you can't just believe. This is where so many people mess up. Oh, I believe in God. Oh, I believe in God. That's great. That's the starting point. But what do you behold? What are you focused on? What are you thinking about? What are you going through life on? What do your priorities reflect? You know, I think about the relationship. <laughs> The conversation I had with Cole his senior year, I didn't even think it was a crazy conversation. The conversation was simple as, what are your priorities right now? And are they going to get you what you want in life? You know, what are your spiritual priorities and are they going to get you what you want in, in your life with Jesus? And if our priorities don't reflect what we want, we'll never get it. Hunger is not a feeling in terms of the spiritual sense. Hunger is not something that you have to chase. Hunger is two things. Hunger is, is a decision and hunger is a gift. And hunger grows when you choose to behold God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, But we all, with an unveiled face, which means we don't, with nothing fake, no cap, nothing like that, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. What's the Bible saying right here? The Bible is saying that when we go to God in an honest way, and we start to look unto God in an honest way, and we start to focus 
on God in an honest and a genuine way, then we start to become transformed into the image of God. We start to be transformed into what God is like and what God has for us. Because here's the flow. When you believe and you behold, you start to become what you're actually looking for. I, I, we, we've done a lot of youth camps, and I really want to do another one. We just need to find a good location. But what I found about youth camp is that, that y'all are nasty. And I mean it in love. You're nasty. And here's exactly what I mean by this when I say you're nasty. Is if breakfast is at 9, some of y'all are up at like 8.53. And you got those like surprise eyes like, what time is it? And you know you got to get up quick for breakfast. And you're nasty, and you know you don't got time to shower. And saying, you know what, it takes me at least five minutes to get to the breakfast hall where we used to be. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to brush my teeth. I just won't talk to nobody, and I'll make sure I, I drink some orange juice so it covers it up till after. And then you at least put on some different shorts. You at least do that. Thank you for at least doing that, but then it hits you. Oh, shoot. I bawled all night, and I didn't take a shower before I bawled. This is bad. So what you do is you take your, your can of Axe, and you spray it, and you just, you know, the circle spray, so you make sure it gets all of it, and then you run through it a little bit. Make sure you got it all over you. And then, And then you make the decision and say, you know what? You say, you know what? I'm good now. Nobody's going to smell me. Nobody's going to know I didn't wake up on time. But, but here, here's what I found is you're going to walk up into the breakfast room and you're going to stink. You're going to smell like Axe and B.O. Body odor because it doesn't actually take it away. Pro tip, it doesn't actually take it away. You're still nasty. But, but I told you that because I want you to get this mental image that you decided to behold the idea that if I cover myself up in this, then I'll become clean. And here's the reality is when you behold Christ above anything else, when you look at your relationship with Jesus and you stop treating it common, but you realize that it's God and only God, and it's God that set me free, it's God that saved me, it's God that brought me out of that, it's God that, 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 that brought me victory, it's God that's going to bring me victory, it's God that I'm focused on, it's God that's my number one priority, then you shift from just believing to beholding. And when you live a life that's beholding of Christ, then guess what? You become like Christ. You get what Christ has for you. You live the purpose of God in your life. And this is what I want your life to reflect. I don't want it to be common towards Christ. I want it to be uncommon towards Christ because you actually get the, resp the response of heaven. And, and here's, here's something that I found too. Maybe you're sitting here saying, you know what? I don't love Christ like he's talking about, but I want to. That's real. You know, that would probably be the realest prayer that's said in here tonight. Is God, I want to want to love you. 
I want to want to desire you. I want to want to prioritize you. That is so real. That is so genuine. And this is where we need to be in a genuine place with God. That whatever he wants, he can have. Man, we need to think about like what, what, what is revival? What is uncommon? What, what is this? It's falling in love with Jesus more than anything else. And I think the greatest thing that we're missing in our walk with Christ. The greatest thing we're walking or we're missing is what we're beholding. Like, be real for a second. What's your number one priority? And we can measure priority really, really simply. Ready? Where do you spend the most time? Where do you spend the most money? And where do you spend the, the, the most mental space? Let's, let's make it easy. Bow your head real quick. Where do you spend the most time? Where do you spend the most money? And where's most, most of your mental space? And if you can start to figure out how to get God as your number one priority, when you start to discover how to truly behold Christ. See, David said it like this. And sit with your head bowed, your eyes closed. I want you to think about these verses for a minute. David said it like this. He said, oh, God, you're my God. I diligently seek for you. My soul is thirsty for you. My body longs for you like it's in a parched and weary land where there is no water. He said it like this in Psalm 119, verse 10. He said, with all my heart, I've sought you. In Psalm 119, 148, he said, I stay awake through the night thinking about your promises. Man, are you spiritually hungry? And maybe you're sitting here tonight saying, I'm not, but I want to be. That's the prayer you get to have. I want to want you. I want to want more of you. I want to prioritize you. I want to love you greater. I want to worship. I want to I want to want it, God. Maybe you're saying, I do want it. I'm ready for more. I'm prepared. I do love Jesus. Guess what? He'll meet you where you're at. Why? Because he so loved the world that he gave his only son. And he didn't give his son thinking that he was going to get less than. He gave his son knowing he'd get you because he loves you. My question is simple tonight. Is what you're living for worth what Christ died for? And I believe that a spiritual hunger and a spiritual appetite is what we need. An increased hunger, an increased appetite for the things of God. There was a man named John G. Lake, and I'm going to wrap up on this. He said, the number one thing I would give to this next generation, the number one thing I wish I could teach this generation is spiritual hunger. Because if you can set a pace that chases God, if you can set a pace that beholds God, you'll be that person that's breaking the alabaster box. You'll be the person that's treating God in the uncommon way because when you treat God in an uncommon way, he'll always respond to you. Spiritual hunger will change your life. A spiritual desire will change everything about you. I've seen people so desire a boy or a girl that it drove them away from God and it still left them empty. I've seen people so desire money and it still didn't leave them full like they thought they would. I've seen people chase everything else and it still left them in the same place they were or worse.
And then on the other side of the coin, I've seen people chase God with everything that's in them, with everything that's inside of them. And they've not only gotten God, but they've gotten all of God's promises. And not only have they gotten all of God's promises, but they've also stepped into what the other people were searching for aimlessly. Jesus is the answer. Tonight, if you don't know God, I want to give you that opportunity. What do, I, what do I mean by that? Going to church won't get you saved. Being a good person is not a ticket to heaven. Scripture says it like this in John chapter 14, verse 6. That I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to the Father except through me. And he told us how to do it. He said, we've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. But the gift of God is eternal life. And if you can believe in the name of Jesus and what he's done and what he said he's done, then you shall be saved once you confess it with your mouth. What does that mean? That means you're on the starting point and God has a great race for you to run. God has a great life for you to run. God has a great purpose for you to fulfill. But it starts with a confession in your mouth that begins in your heart. Tonight, if that's you, you say, I've never given my life to Jesus, or I've walked away, I've been living a life of sin, I'm ready to get right with God. Will you wave your hand at me right now and say, I'm ready to get right with God. I'm ready to get serious with God. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. You guys can go ahead and stand to your feet. I got, I got another question. And we, we ended worship, and worship was all the way up. And I think that I want to... I think what God wants to do is God wants to meet your hunger tonight. God wants to meet your desire. You know what's a crazy thought? God wants you more than you could ever want him. God desires a relationship with you more than you could ever want a relationship with him. So the moment we make the step to meet with God, you know what happens? He meets you. He meets us. And I, I, I reference two prayers, right? One of that person saying, I, I genuinely, and I'm in love with God, and I want more. Awesome. Come get more. And then that second prayer, I want to want God. Can you be real with him tonight? Maybe you say, I, I don't really know if I want God, but I want to want God. I desire to want God. That's the first point. Here's what we're going to do. If you're saying, I want more of God tonight, we're going to worship together. And I believe God's going to meet you. We'll have leadership team pray with you, whatever you need. But I want God, I want you to meet with God. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to push you. If you want more of God, guess what? I'm going to invite you to the altar, and you can have all that you want of God. So I'm going to count to three. And I don't care if it's one person. I don't care if it's everybody. God wants to meet you where you're at. And just like that woman who broke her alabaster box, She had to get to a place where she said, I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. This is my offering. This is my hunger. This is my desire because of what he did for me already. You ready? On the count of three, I'm asking you to get out of your seat. You're saying, I just want more Jesus. And I don't care what it takes. I want to meet with Jesus right now. Ready? One, two, three. Go ahead. If that's you, you say, I want more of Jesus. You can just make your way right up front right now. Thank you, God. I'm just going to ask you, once you get here, lift up your hands and start to worship. You might not have an alabaster box. You might not have perfume. But you know what you got? You got worship. You got, you, got a, you got a song to Jesus. You got a prayer right now. That's what you have. Will you lift up your hands and just start to go ahead and give God what he deserves in this room? I'll worship. 
I'll praise you. I'll love you. Whatever it is, God, whatever it takes, I want you. Whatever it takes, I'm going to hunger for God. And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.